Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Well, hello, Emothy. Welcome to my talk show where I call you Emothy only. Um... I just found I hello. I just found out uh yesterday that for years Christine in her head has called me Emothy. How and does she, nobody know that? She had normalized it so well in her own mind <laughs> that she said it out loud to me last night and I like was so jarred. And she was like, What? And I was like, That why'd you call me that? And she was like, I've always called you that. And I'm like, You've literally never called me. The that. incredible thing is that I've somehow kept it in my brain. Like usually things like in your my inner brain monologue just alone. dump out. And uh-huh. I, I don't know how I kept it hidden. But so I've, I called you. I was like, I was so shocked. It's like Emothy and Evatha need to like calm down. <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about, but I said that and you kind of did a double take. And I was like, what? I was like, I it's more like a, like, that was a funny joke, but I don't understand it. And you're like, that's not a joke. That's literally that's your name. Your name. Like, who do you think you are? I was em- like, Emothy. apparently not Emothy. Can I call you that? Emothy? <laughs> it's too late. At this <laughs> I point. already you may. do. You may. Um, hi. Hi. I don't know how to, what, I don't know a name off of I Christine. tried. I'm a little bit mad. I don't have the same like Christy. No, Christopher. Christ- Christopher is already a name. I mean, yeah. It's not fair. Um, It's not. My life's hard. Anyway, welcome to our show, and that's why we drink, where we talk about ourselves a lot, but also ghosts and murder. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, Emma and I had a slumber party. Two slumber parties. Emothy. Excuse you. Oh, sorry. Emothy. Uh-huh. And I. Uh Uh-huh. Chris. 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 Christopherson. I don't know. Christopolis. Christopolis. (laughs) (laughs) Emothy and Christopolis had a slumber party (laughs) where we literally just watched Ghost Adventures and actually really scared ourselves. Oh, we were... 
Um, like the quarantine episodes. We watched the well. We watched half of the quarantine episodes. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have been asking us for a while to watch them. I did plan to watch them, and I just never got to it. And then we were together last night trying to figure out what to oh, watch. We did a Patreon live stream and mm-hmm. like uh, yesterday, and, and some, people were asking then mm-hmm. too. And, and so, so we were like, let's do it. Yeah, and um, it was very well done. We like we had we secretly kind of admitted that we were impressed with Zach we Bagel were Bites. Genuinely frightened. I was like, this is a million dollar idea. The number of times I like grabbed Emothy's arm, sorry, and like <laughs> was like, Emothy, what the hell just happened? Uh-huh. That is frightening. It really was very scary. It was uh, like hats off, hats off, Emothy's top we, hat off. I to ZB. I say everything I've said. I take back, and for that only, for that moment right. of just like. Agreed. What a business move. That's I we Brilliant. literally called him Chris Kardashian, the ghost Chris Kardashian. Yeah, exactly. And uh Christopolis Kardashian. Christopolis Kardashian. And uh, and Zachathy. Zachathy. Zachathy Biggins, yeah. Zagatha. Zagatha. Oh, uh I just saw these in my um peripherals. Uh Finn and Gill are here today. Oh, my you fish saw flops. Them in your per- you saw them in your soul. Let me let me do a little cameo. I was on cameo. the airplane and I got an ad being like, Whoa, we got a big one. Okay. <laughs> Are you are you are you done? Are you pleased with yourself, Emothy? Eva made a great point. I'm also wearing uh, Bombas promo code drink, uh, but <laughs> uh, they're tie dye blue. And Eva was like, "Oh, they look like water, like the fish are swimming." It and I looks went, "Like you're that's genius." Sticking, well, listen, I don't know. They're you can have an opinion, sure, Christopolis. You're, you're I, genius, I guess. Um, I guess they're the new hit thing item of the summer, is what Daily Beast told me. And I was they're like, not. I was like, did M like pay them off to do this advertisement? Because no, thank you. I am going to say to the people who are in charge of our ads, if you can find me weird things like fish flops, I will promote them. <laughs> just so we're clear. Em doesn't need an ad to promote them. They you know. will just sit here and promote them no matter what. I also, I knew we promised a, a random nodding update because we said we were going to mm. do that. So we did go random nodding with Eva. Um, I feel like we were all really hungry. And like, I feel like one of the things I was worried about is that like three people focusing on one intent with like different angles on said intent might have thrown us off a bit. Nothing, which is what kind of what happened. Which I think. is what happens in this show to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. That we just like constantly are going in different directions. Yes, just but we tried it. We tried, and nothing really came from it. Although I will say that we were already pre warned of that because in the episode I covered, it was that the only ones that everyone's hearing about are probably the one percent where something really right. accurate is happening. Um, I don't know if it's. I don't. I doubt that it's got a real wild accuracy and I, I rate. I also got to add that like. Brandon Nodding in Los Angeles is a different beast because you're literally, I mean, I was telling Eva, I've never seen the backs of so many buildings. Yeah. Like suddenly we're like, by the way, every single, actually maybe it did work because every single intention brought us to a dumpster and we were like, actually this makes a whole lot of sense. We, we went, our first one was, and that's why we drink as an intention. It took us to a bar to be fair. It took us to the back of a bar with a dumpster at it. Right. "Uh Uh Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I get it. Also, there was a guy standing next to the bar that looked like he wanted to kill us. And I was like, Oh, that's a true crime. Yeah. We were like, we are trespassing. Mm -hmm. So this is a true crime. We are not trespassing. Don't trespass. Um, but we were like in a lot of alleys (laughs) for legal reasons. This is a joke okay no (laughs) um also we did lemon we did lemon as an intention and that one that one actually did kind of work it brought us to the parking spot where i because we were like where are we and he was like this is where you parked christine when you came to surprise m and hid in the box and that's where i pulled the box out of my trunk so it brought us to the spot where i it brought a a christine energy to it which i I guess is what lemon is responsible for yeah so i guess it sort of worked in that way i mean maybe we'll try it again like in a different spot that's not so crazy and hectic mm-hmm. and filled with traffic but mm-hmm. um otherwise it was it was still fun like i would recommend it we had fun driving around yeah we did see a lot of uh one particular mile radius 
of Los Angeles, I guess. Yes. <laughs> and then we put in dinner and it brought us to a restaurant, which the odds of that were pretty high, but. It took me to one of the streets that I uh, I frequent. Yes. So I, I was able to kind of get us around. And like, also Eva was kind of our tour guide because we started relatively near where she lives. And so she was like, oh, over there's a great restaurant. Over, the, over there's a great spot. Over there. And My we favorite like, thing is that it would like I was put impressed. us like a mile away and she'd go, oh, that's probably that restaurant I hate so much. And we were like, She's like Carmen San Diego. She Car- truly every single spot she had an opinion about. And I was like, I don't even know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I never know where congrats. we are. Congrats. Yeah. Anyway, that so it was good, not great. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I don't know that like it worked yeah. as intended, but it was a fun adventure. It was fun, on. not accurate. Let's and then we got food at the end. So. I had a great time. Fun. Yeah. Not accurate, but fun. Um, <laughs> like this show. <laughs> like, the, like this show. Um, anyway, so I don't think I have any updates. I've been with you this whole time, so I've got nothing to update you Aww. on. We did, watch, uh, we did watch something last night where I now have a new favorite song. <gasps> that made me watch this horrible thing. We went on Hulu to watch Ghost Adventures, and then, of course, this like horror thing shows up, and Em goes, watch that, watch that, watch that. And I was like, I don't watch horror things. because it's, It was five minutes it was, long. But then it was five minutes. I was like, fine, we'll watch this. And, it's um, called The Hug on Hulu. It's called The Hug. And it went, Pandora's Pan Pizza Palace. And it's, it was that song, but for all five minutes. It was just that sentence for five minutes. And so for so like, by the end, you're hypnotized. Yeah, we were mesmerized. <laughs> and as, as we were watching Ghost Adventures Quarantine, like under our breath, we were just holding on to each other in the dark, going like, <laughs> it was that movie. I don't know what the hell it was, but basically, like it was a, like it was like uh, someone wrote a sh- like a short like horror a about Chuck E. Cheese, and yeah. it ate a child. Spoiler alert! Although I do have a true child. crime suggestion for you. What's that? Um, which is the Chuck E. Cheese murders. Oh yeah. Do you have that written down eventually? I have that written down. I've tried to cover it. Is there not enough info? It's like really all over the place. Oh, and there's a lot of like, this is true, and then people are like, no, that's all bullshit, and this is true, uh-huh. and so. It's uh-huh. it's it is on the list though. So okay, so, okay. I'm glad you suggested it because maybe I'll go back. back I got gotcha. you. Reassess. Okay. Well, okay. I just thought that was a nice seg- segu into nice me suggesting. Uh, it is. It is. So uh-huh. I will uh, I will assess that on the plane later. Also, by the time this comes out, we've already done our live show. Not yet. Not yet. So should we plug our live show? Yes. Come okay. To our live show. <laughs> come to our live show. Oh, it's a virtual live show, and if you have not yet uh, done so, it is going to be about. Uh, it's going to, we're going to be reading the top 10 scariest stories that our listeners submit. So if you would like to be in the running for that, then send your personal scary story to ATWWD from our couches at gmail.com, a specific email just for this live show. Um, and if and this does come out after the live show, my bad. Um, and if it does come out after the show, then we hope you had a great time. Then don't email it anymore until maybe we talk about <laughs> another live show. And uh, yeah, all <clears throat> proceeds are going to uh, the Marsha P. P. Johnson, Johnson Institute. Institute. And we are doing it the 22nd, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. For $10. Virtual. $10 Super tickets. Fun. Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, that being said, here's my story. And also, thank I thank you for yesterday going to Target and getting me my favorite drink in the whole wide world. Oh, you're so welcome. Also, I went to Target. I didn't go to get your favorite drink. I went to buy a Ouija board, but apparently they don't sell them. Oh, yeah. Christine tried to get me to do a Ouija board last night. She ambushed me in our own apartment. And she was like, hey, when you get inside, can you start filming? And I went, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> so I had my phone on, and all of a sudden she had – she couldn't find a Ouija board, so she hand-drew one on our own poster <laughs> – like just to it make it so, so ominous. I tried a few times. Though. I had to and scrap. the planchette she was going to use was a wine glass. It, it was it, too on brand. Effective as hell. Also, I used the back of a poster of ours, and then I looked at the front, and we both signed it. So I think there was probably some weird energy there. Like we like signed a waiver to our souls <laughs> in, in some way. I drew a smiley ghost on top to make you feel less scared about it. <laughs> well. For anyone wondering what happened, we ended up watching Pandora's Pan Pizza Palace, and then we forgot to do the Ouija board. So, <laughs> so it's just sitting it's in there. there. It's just in there now. Anyway, I say that so I can say, let's crack into our story. <laughs> okay. okay. Ready? Oh. <laughs> let's crack into it. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Um, so my story is uh, something I thought was going to have a lot more information, and apparently... Uh, it's actually much more recent of a story than I realized. Um, it's kind of been one of those uh, legendary folklores that I assume had all of this real meat to it. And Pandora's. it ends up being a shorter. It's Pandora's. Pan Pizza Palace. Pan Pizza Palace. It's very new. It's uh, came out on Hulu. Um, it's only five minutes long. It's horrifying. <laughs> uh, no. So this is the story of the Chupacabra. <gasps> That's a recent story. It's more recent than I thought. You're probably more on oh target. God. How recent did you did you think in your mind it was? Very old. I thought it was like at least like the 60s, 70s. It's not at even least. that old? No, it's from the 90s. It's what? from us, from our time. It's from us, yeah. Well, it's we from would, us. We are we the product. be born and then create the chupacabra. That was, seems like something that we would It's do. like we were born and then like the demon released itself. To be fair, that's like when Black Eyed Kids happened in the 90s because of the mm. internet. You know, the guy who, who experienced right. it put it on his blog well so there's actually arguments i'll get to this there are arguments that apparently chupacabra there's like a kind of uh there's this impression that maybe the chupacabra is as old as the 50s and then there was a kind of a resurgence in the 70s but because the internet happened in the 90s that's, that's when it got really wild i see okay. so kind that of the same thing sense. yeah so maybe black eyed kids isn't really from the 90s either but they it know just what a telegraph is it has to be somewhat old they can't possibly be from the 90s no Unless they time traveled, which well, is its own the theory. Telegraph is, so. Um, so anyway, this is the Chupacabra. Uh, apparently other names for it, uh, or its other main name is El Chupacabra. Oh, wow. And apparently it started as a as a plural. It was Chupacabras. Didn't know oh. that. Um, okay, me neither. Its nickname is Chupa, apparently. Cute. Precious. Precious. It's also known if... If it is at all linked to the stories from the 70s, it has another alias or another beast during the 70s, which could be Chupacabra, was known as El Vampiro de Mocha. Cute. Fun. That's what they <laughs> so call cute, me. So fun. And um, apparently its closest known relative, if at all, is the Jersey Devil. 
Oh, I love how it's closest known relative is also potentially it's, not real. I found a website where it tried to do like a whole like kingdom phylum, like oh my god, like the animal, the family thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called. Family the, tree. The genetic thing. Oh. Not a family tree. That doesn't. Ba- the the an- grandfather, <laughs> maternal was the Jersey Devil and Christine. Jesus and Christopolis. Okay, so. <laughs> Apparent. So the reason I decided to do chupacabra because surprisingly few people am- have ever mentioned it. I'm amazed like we haven't covered it, but also I'm like, yeah, not because I feel like it never gets asked of us. Right. Uh, apparent. I I found out because someone I do not know your name, but you know who you are because you're the only person on earth who's ever asked this of me. Um, tweeted out and asked if I could cover a story on the Grunches, what which is, is apparently that? a um, it's a, I think it's in Massachusetts. It's like a cryptid in Massachusetts. Oh. Um. And so I looked into it. It was way too small to cover, um, but it led me because apparently grunches are like one breed of chupacabra. Okay. So for the grunches person, uh, I'm I'm covering this in your honor. I see. Um, so apparently this is related to the grunches. Same with apparently at one point there was something called the Ozark Howler. Mm. Something called the the Puechen. Third cousin. The I'm building the family tree. <laughs> Uh, second cousin twice removed. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, the Puechens of Chile, which, by the way, are more described instead of as like a beast as winged snakes. Cute. Which, like, I gotta tell you, I can't think of a more frightening thing Super in my entire life. Fun. Um, and then also in the Philippines, there's something called the Sib- Sigbin. So of those things, I might try to look into them later for their own separate stories. But from what I gathered, none of them had real meat to the story. So, um. I would. I just wanted to cover chupacabra as a whole. Got it. In case, in case there's nothing on those. Um, so apparently, here's a fun fact: chupacabra was the term was coined by a Puerto Rican comedian, um, really named Silverio Perez. Okay. Um, after some of the very first reports, I guess he did some sort of stand up about it and called it the chupacabra, and it stuck. And it stuck. Can you imagine? And by the way, imagine us doing a live show and we accidentally name a cryptid that goes on for. <laughs> An era. Ah, That'd I be love way that. fun. Um, Let's do it's it. It's called Pandora. Oh, no. Yeah. Not that that's like trademarked by somebody who actually wrote that script. Uh, yeah. We didn't name it Pandora. Pandora named itself. And <laughs> Pandora we d- named itself and ate. <laughs> it's Pandora's world. We're just living in it. It's Pandora's bad people mouth. We're just living in it. Um, and so apparently the name is actually Spanish for goat sucker. Oh, I did know that. Okay. Weirdly I didn't know that. enough. I don't know why, but I did know that. Uh, because its uh, reputation has been known to, it's been known to kill livestock by drinking its blood, and then the the corpses have their blood completely drained from what them. What a hilarious stand-up routine that must have been, by the way. I think it could have come up. I think it could have been funny for its time, and also like you could have made it into a vampire thing. I suppose. I don't know. I would be interested to hear it. Me too. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna boohoo it yet. No. No. Um. But so apparently, I didn't know that chupacabra was basically like the animal version of a vampire. That's yeah, right. True, so true, true. Interesting. It's been known. I there's one quote where the chupacabra was called probably the world's best known vampire after Dracula. Oh. And I was like, if it's that well known, I've been in the dark. Yeah. Um, in the 90s. So there I don't know if I've I have to have mentioned him in something at some point. But Lauren Coleman, he's like the number one guy in cryptozoology. Oh, he, everyone knows Lauren Coleman. He's like the most renowned esteemed cryptozoologist out there okay so his opinion always goes he's like the bigfoot expert everything wow um and and when i was in maine i think portland maine 
One of the places I went yes. was the Cryptozoology Museum. He created that. Oh, because M took a bunch of photos of everything really disturbing and grotesque and sent it to me saying, I, I miss you. I, I said, found you. I said, I said, I didn't know you were here. I found I you. I didn't know you were at this. Also, here you are, uh-huh. two feet down. Uh-huh. Also, also, this other winged snake. There was like in the, be- before you actually get into the actual museum, there was like, I want to call it a lobby, but it was really like one section of a hallway because it like it shared a building. Yeah. And so they had a bunch of like little stuff in the beginning for you to um, <laughs> I take pictures with. And every single one I was like, Christine, it looks like you. Hilarious, by the way. Hilarious. It never gets old up. for me. It's probably the oldest thing in the world for <laughs> everyone else. Um, but OK, so Lauren Coleman in the 90s, he called the Chupacabra, quote, the single most notable cryptozoological phenomenon of the past decade. Wow. So that's pretty that's pretty ringing endorsement. I there. would say. Um, so. When I tried to figure out the description of this thing, I'm just going to leave it at what a fucking range. Okay. Because it was everything on earth. The And also there were different, I'll explain it, but basically there were um, two versions of the chupacabra time-wise. So in the 90s, people saw the chupacabra as one thing, and then when 2000 hit, it completely transformed itself. Oh. It like had like an epiphany and evolved in some way. Okay. So um, in the 90s, it was considered a furry lizard of sorts. Sweet. I don't know about that. Mm. It here The 90s description is much more of a mind fuck than what it ends up morphing oh, into. Okay. Um, before it's uh, resurgence or it's... It's, <laughs> it's uh, epiphany as you call it. <laughs> it's epiphany. Um, uh, let's see. So it was a furry lizard that smelled like a wet dog or sometimes sulfur, Cute. which makes some people think it might be demonic because if something smells like sulfur, usually it's demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, a longer description is that it is a reptilian. It has a reptilian-like panther body. So then it's like, okay, so now it's the size of a panther, but it's got scales. Um, it's got bulging and glowing red eyes, fanged teeth, a snake-like tongue. Mm. And then it's probably most... Um, notorious not notorious um notable notable is the word i'm thinking of thank you the most notable description that carries throughout all the stories is that it's got either spikes or quills down its back um and then they say it has three toes on each feet on each foot and uh it has maybe blue scales um it has long claws powerful legs that allow it to leap huge distances can be three four or five feet tall and hops like a kangaroo. What the hell? I, I don't even know how to put that in my no. brain. All that information, I can't make a sim out of that. No, you know? no, no. Um, <laughs> so apparently it sometimes has a tail. Sometimes it moves on two feet. Sometimes it has four feet. Sometimes it has wings and flies. And sometimes it hops from tree to tree. Great. So there, really, it's capable of anything. Also all bad. Yeah. It either flies, hops, walks, or runs. And then has it's either blue or green or black or a panther or a lizard. It's like whatever you want it to be, it's the chupacabra. So a lot of people also say the reason it's so mysterious is because people have just kind of primed themselves that anything unfamiliar could. So maybe you were in an area, maybe even people visiting an area um, had just, they just saw a creature they've never seen before and didn't have a word for it. And they described it elsewhere and it just, Chupacabra is a concept at this point and an right. umbrella term for something I'd never seen before. Right. So it it's it, it becomes this lore of like, is it even real or is it just a, 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 a t- bunch of sightings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So apparently it's known to kill its livestock, drain it dry from its blood, and there's never any other evidence or struggle of the attack except for two puncture wounds Ooh, in its neck. So it looks gross. like a vampire bite. Um, and apparently the holes are as thick as a human finger. <gasps> I didn't know so that. Like a, that's like a, oh God. that's a hole. Oh God, oh no. Um, but yeah, so they're very, they're two very thick puncture marks on the neck. Oh no, no. Um, some say uh, it has actually attacked humans. Some say it's even ripped through screen windows and uh, window or just windows in general to try and jump families' dogs. Oh, no. like you'll see a creature in the house That's and try to break terrible. in. Terrible. Um, uh, there's one site I saw where allegedly there have been stories of the animals being dead, and when you open them up, you see that their organs are also missing, but there was no way for them to have been removed. Oh no. Um. And then there are many theories on whether this thing is half man and half beast. Is it a vampire or is it even an alien? If thinking about salsa in a variety of delicious flavors and heat levels makes your mouth water, you need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. And make sure to turn the jar around and take a look at its clean backside. A list of its all-natural ingredients. Of course, that's what I meant, of course. And all their products are preservative-free, too. With the medium salsa, you get hearty chunks of tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, and onions in every scoop. I'm reading the ad and my mouth is watering. Uh, Anyway, the hot salsa brings flavorful heat to every meal with each bite containing jalapenos, serrano peppers, and other savory herbs. Plus, they've got a hot sauce with a tangy, spicy flavor that enhances the simplest of meals. It's perfect for avocado egg toast or tacos. I sort of feel like they're reading my mind because I put salsa on almost everything, but specifically, I use their salsa. I use usually the medium salsa and then uh, also the hot sauce on my avocado egg toast and I don't know how the script knew that maybe everybody eats this but I always make toast with avocado and then I put scrambled eggs on top and I put salsa I can't eat it without salsa and the green mountain gringo is always there for me in the fridge because it really adds to I mean any meal if you're me but definitely the eggs avocado toast situation visit greenmountaingringo.com and start shopping use the store locator to find green mountain gringo products get inspiration for recipes and purchase products using promo code podcast 24 for 20 percent off that's promo code podcast 24 and don't forget to check out their backside <laughs> eating better is easy with factors delicious ready to eat meals every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes there's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good so blaze and i actually get to pick our own meals every week and you know separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and uh make sure the other keeps their hands off i personally love the cold brew smoothies those are always my go-to in the morning if i'm running around dropping leona off don't have time to cook myself breakfast it's a great solution head to factormeals.com drink 50 and use code drink 50 to get 50 percent off that's code drink 50 at factormeals.com drink 50 to get 50 percent off if it's killing livestock, it's got that alien. Well, especially sucking thing to all the it. blood out, like the cows, you know, mm. at like um, Skinwalker Ranch and stuff. Mm, yeah. Okay. Winning me over with that theory. <laughs> yes. 
there are no known photos of the creature or even credible footprints. Um, and like when I say there are no known photos, there's no um, confirmed photos. Yeah, because I was like, I've seen photos. <laughs> a shitload of photos of people being like, I think I saw the chupacabra. Right. So the first reported cases are said to have happened either in the 50s, one site said the 60s, the 70s, or the main argument that most people say is the chupacabra wasn't really anything until the 90s. Okay. Even if it was around before the 90s, we weren't talking about it until then. Sure. Um, so I'm not sure about the 50s, but I know in the 70s there were attacks on livestock in a town called Mocha, and those attacks were attributed to this creature called El Vampiro de Mocha, or the Vampire of Mocha. Got it. And so that creature plus the... Uh, the things people have seen the chupacabra is known for like lumped in, they could be lumped together. They could be the same creature and it's just resurfacing. Um, and a lot of people in the seventies, um, they also assumed that, Oh, maybe it's not a beast. Cause a lot of people thought maybe it was a cryptid. A lot of other people thought that was kind of a time for satanic cult, uh, offerings. So Mm. people might've just been taking livestock away and, and sucking their organs out. And draining their blood, doing something terrible. Sure. Um, And most chupacabra attacks were known. The reason it's called goat sucker is because most stories start with the fact that they were goats, or at least earlier stories where it was mainly goats. And then it slowly uh, developed. It expanded its taste palette, if you will. (laughs) Um, and so I moved from ghosts to chicken, sheep, <laughs> rabbits. Some stories even say some, like things happen to like household pets, but I didn't see any real cases of that. Uh, but I think that's part of the lore of like watch your, your animals because of yeah. chupacabra. Um, and all of these animals were found by farmers uh, and they were all dead. They had no blood in them and each had small puncture wounds in the neck. So they sound pretty big to me, but okay. Sm- yeah. Small. Small if you're a whale, I guess. <laughs> um, and most believe that the creature didn't actually, like I said, didn't come around until 1995 specifically. Oh. So uh, Chupacabra really blew up at this point as more livestock began to die. So basically, I think in the 90s, before Chupacabra was even mentioned, there was this weird wave where livestock was being killed off mm-hmm. and they didn't have an explanation and that combined with people starting to come up with these chupacabra stories on the internet, it spun itself into an explanation for all the livestock being dead. I see. So um, I don't know which happened first, the livestock being dead or the story of chupacabra, but they ended up forming into one bundle of a story. Um, So uh, the animal's reputation ended up, because of the internet, started going through, or no, not because of the internet. So I guess the, the livestock dying happened first. Mm-hmm. And then the animal's reputation, uh, the animal's reputation, I was trying to like say a different word besides chupacabra, apparently. Chupacabra's reputation ended up going pretty viral because of all the livestock dying. It went through the local press, people trying to figure out what the hell was going on with the livestock. And then the internet caught wind and then it became this kind of storm where it became the celebrity monster where <laughs> it was a way for people to explain their livestock dying anywhere in the world. Right. Okay. It was like, oh, well, the chupacabra must have gotten it. I see. Celebrity monster is exactly what celebrity I hope to become monster. one day. Um, let's see. Celebrity. Hope to become. Don't worry. You've, you've, I'm already you've there. there. I'm already there. You're my celebrity monster. Yeah. Empathy. Empathy. <laughs> <laughs> At Pandora's Pizza Palace. Um, so reports came out everywhere because the internet made and it implied that one reason you could be losing your livestock is because of the chupacabra and none of the stories said they the chupacabra is only in this one spot so everyone started using it as some 
reasoning for what's going on right. on their farms. And this includes farms uh, in the Dominican Republic, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Holy Panama, shit. Peru, Brazil, the United States, all over the United <laughs> and States. And the U.S. was like, we'll take it too. <laughs> Mexico, Russia, and the Philippines. Russia. Whoa. whoa. Yeah. We hopping around here. Minimal sightings, and but Russia. some. Yeah. Um, and, and that being said, I, I mentioned all of those places, but that's all those places combined are still a fraction of stories compared to the main location of the Chupacabra accounts, which was in Puerto Rico. I see. Puerto Rico is like the main hot hub. Spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Chupacabra hotspot. Yeah, I like primo stand-up routines also. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like a win-win for that place. Right. Love it. Um, and so, and the U S by the way, has had them in weird places too. Like it was in Maine. It was in Missouri. It oh. was in, a lot in texas yeah texas i would get because it's down south like, yeah, yeah like but, new england oh maine is like on the lobster right <laughs> chupacabra is really expanding its palate now yes i know there are farms in maine please don't yell at me <laughs> <laughs> so um the chupacabra quickly became this like media sensation i would argue it's like one of the first viral monsters outside of bigfoot um at least also with- a viral monster this is all really kind of coming together as wait your a minute bio. you're instagram bio or something i'm just manifesting (laughs) so um it quickly became this media sensation it had headlines all over national press local news everyone was looking for the chupacabra so it would stop killing away maybe that's where the story also came from uh because the description was so vast at some point maybe someone said oh it has wings so it flies to all these places i don't know I'm trying to think of like why everyone it thought fl- the one chupacabra it wasn't took a everywhere. Spring break to Maine, I guess. I mean, it seems <laughs> like break. a, a bit of a stretch, but sure. So, um, it got to a point where other like certain areas were taking it seriously, like uh-huh, very sure. seriously. I mean, as you would, yeah. So, um, the mayor of a town in Puerto Rico ca- called Canavanas, um, it actually held weekly search parties with a this. I'm sorry. With a caged goat as bait. No. Nothing happened to the goat because no one caught the chupacabra. But oh, they I hope they fed him. They did have weekly search parties with a with bait, hoping that they would catch the chupacabra. And like when I say weekly meetings, like the this is remember, this is the mayor who was holding these. Right. So like the whole town was uh at arms, if you will. And um Officials in Chile even called in the National Guard to search the area, and the federal government got involved. Damn. And the Justice Ministry began an investigation, but nobody could find evidence of the chupacabra, so eventually the government just kind of made a statement saying that it was wild dogs attacking the livestock. Got it. Um, but that like, that didn't slow people down. A lot of people still thought it, there's something out there, either it's a beast or a sure. lot of people, now that the 90s are coming up, by 2000, a lot of people started the theory that it might be an alien. I would. I literally was like, "Can we get back to the alien thing?" Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. So in 2000, the uh, UFOlogists in Chile, um, they claimed that their military actually. This was like the ongoing theory was that their military actually found chupacabra eggs. Ew. Also, that they had caught the actual chupacabra, and they gave both of them to NASA. That was their argument of like, oh, our government made a, a made up a cover up story so we could give it to NASA. Oh, so they were like, we did this a while ago. We just didn't uh-huh. say it. Oh, and I don't know why they thought that like their own military had had like covered up the story. But obviously NASA denies the charge, but it uh, perpetuated the theory that the Chupacabra is an alien. Yes. Um, because once we're like once a government 
in one country is saying like, or one of the theories is that our government gave it to NASA. It quickly spirals out into like, oh, these are for sure aliens. Right. And especially the fact that it is hurting livestock. It's draining the blood out of them. It especially likes goats and cattle. It apparently lays eggs, which is just ultra horrifying. Apparently they think it lays eggs, I guess, because it, I don't know why they think that. Also, it is known to have a large oval head and very large (laughs) eyes. So it just kind of, they were finding these stereotypes and gray aliens that it could match with. Um, And so again, NASA denies the charge. Uh, And another theory is that the chupacabras are actually um, bats or monkeys that NASA experimented on in Puerto (gasps) Rico and then let them, they escape from the lab. That's fantastic. And so they think that these are actually just like animals that the United States was testing on in their rainforest. Like mutant. And they got let loose. Snakes with wings. And even Lauren Coleman, which is why this got perpetuated, is because the cryptozoologist of the world, he said, quote, there were monkeys being used in blood experiments that could have got loose. Don't do that. So there, that just only helped further that thought process. And like, I don't mean to just gloss over this, but it, a lot of these uh, theories or the reason that a lot of people in Puerto Rico thought these things is because of the kind of anti-US belief of that, like, you know, especially, or especially the fact that Puerto Rico is kind of like a non- uh, is a non-state. Yeah, part of it's the, a territory rather than it's, like. There's there's a lot of um, I want to I don't want to dance around it, but I also don't want to speak without having too much education. But it's too late. There seems we do that all the time. there's a, a lot of the theories, at least from what I saw on these sources, is that they came from the fact that they were already kind of anti-U.S. And so, a lot of the theories were like, oh well, NASA took our we took the chupacabra, so there's no way of us finding out, or NASA was covering up things. Wait, or so the who U- was anti-U.S. Um, any of any of the areas in Latin America were oh, kind of coming up with like, it, but specifically Puerto Rico. Yeah, and I mean, so you're saying like, oh, they were pointing fingers at like the U.S. being like, they yes. did that. And to be clear, like, I fully support and understand why. Yes, <laughs> I totally saying, do like, too. They shouldn't be because in my mind, I just don't. Yeah, wanna, like, the U.S. probably did take their not stuff because we have many times. I just, I just want to make like, I don't want people to tweet me later and be like, hey, you're not, you're not discussing the the greater issue here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, I, 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 I got but you. I also didn't prepare anything, so I'm definitely like saying it very flustered, I mean, and I don't want to come off wrong. No, but like literally the second earlier where you said, oh, uh, it was in Honduras, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot and of Spanish speaking areas, but so no, I'm so it's like well, you were saying like this place, this place, this, place, and then the U.S. And I was like, great, uh-huh. yeah, we all knew they would. Of course, force we would, their way. Of course, we would fucking bounce into that story. <laughs> we would force our way in. So. But so again, I. Don't, I don't mean to like not say enough, but I also don't want to say too much without making sure that I'm eloquent in what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But no, I got you. That that was a part of the conspiracy of that. Like, right. A lot of people were angry at the United States for like somehow either taking the chupacabra away or trying to cover it up or right. like getting involved at all and or, saying like, that they it, saw it. Making chupacabra, it their thing. Making yeah. it their thing. Got it. Got it. Got it. So that is a part of it. Um, the end to that part. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure that I addressed it. Um, so the reason that I said that there were two different chupacabras earlier is because in the nineties, it was this furry lizard thing that could also be an alien right. that maybe NASA took or let, I mean, they were also to be fair, like they were also probably using that argument of like, you're doing like animal testing, like in our rainforest and well, yeah. bullshit like that. Awful. So, uh, there they were like, it could be monkeys, it could be bats, it could be a panther, it could be a lizard, it could be a combination of all of them, it right. could be a kangaroo that flies. Um, but in 2000, there was this evolution 
and this like they don't know if it's a new relative to the chupacabra. Oh, you got a little baby brother. A little baby. Let me get the let me get the family tree back out so I can. Kingdom phylum, chupacabra's uh, grandson. Let's just call it that. It's son. It's son. It's son. Or it's little brother. Little brother's probably more accurate. Or it's little baby. Or itself, and it had transformation. It had a uh, a what would it uh, a rebirth. A rebirth. Let's call it that. Okay. I like the rebirth version of this. So the description completely changed. Right. So it went from being like this lizard bear or whatever <laughs> to all of a sudden um being very canine all of the descriptions that's were what very i heard of it yeah um and so this is helpful for cryptozoologists at least or at least people tracking it i mean even like governments were literally trying to figure out what this thing was so everyone was like oh thank god we now know that it's maybe canine because now we can at least look at any you know dead canines that we find in our in the streets or in the woods and we can at least study them and analyze them we now have dna samples we have bone fragments we can look at their footprints see if there's anything different about them than the fact that maybe they're just coyotes right um and so a lot of people were really stoked about that but a lot of original cryptozoologists like lauren coleman they were like okay but this looks nothing like what everyone's been saying the chupacabra is so like even if this is it's totally own cryptid that we're studying right we're just like gonna call this the chupacabra even though for the last five years this has not been what people are talking about yeah so it's like congratulations maybe you found a second cryptid but like we're totally ignoring the first cryptid and any answers we find for this new second cryptid we're gonna like throw the same label on both of them yeah and call the chupacabra even though they have nothing to do with each other interesting so there is a controversy of in the cryptid world of like (laughs) Is the chupacabra actually canine, or did people just find something easier to try to figure out and, and solve? And that was just more common sighting, or something. It was like a more convenient cryptid to try to discover. Got it. Um, and so, basically, it was. Uh, this was the new description. It was canine-ish. Either it was dog or coyote or something like that. Um, but it had leathery, green-gray skin. Ooh. It was mostly hairless. And then any hair it did have was very scraggly and wiry. And it had a very pronounced spinal ridge, which is yeah. where the quill spike thing. That's the pictures kinda... I've seen on like the, the history channel, like mm-hmm. documentaries and stuff. Yeah. They, so when I said earlier that like the, the spines or the quills have stayed true, it's slowly morphed into like a spinal Ridges, ridge. Right. Yeah. Okay. But there's still that arch on the don't back. Don't love a spine. Don't love it. You don't? I don't. Remember that time you got a spinal tap? why would you do this? I have to think about it every time anyone says oh, spine. I'm sorry, you have to think about it? Yeah. Oh, this must be really hard for you. Harder than you having the spinal tap, for <laughs> sure, Christ- Christopolis. Okay. Christopolis. Um, so uh, basically, chup- uh, the chupacabra is now, like, like I said, now there's DNA tests, and a lot of the bodies, because now that it's just canine, there's dogs everywhere. Sure. So all across the world, now, anytime there's a canine uh, carcass, they're like, okay, well, now we have to investigate it as chupacabra. Right. And it's like, okay, well, now we went from having no leads to, like, every single dog in the world. (laughs) And so um, they also did find some of these bodies, especially in the southwest of the U.S., I think actually in Texas. Um, They started finding – they started looking back at old reports of potential chupacabra attacks – 
they were able to link it to the right canine bodies and they found out that they were actually either coyotes, dogs, or raccoons. And one of them was even a fish, which I don't know how on earth that was like oh my god on a farm by itself near a cow or something. But <laughs> I don't Wait, get what? I don't understand. But apparently one was literally a fish. Okay. Um and they usually, like I said, they're kind of dogish, but they look less dog-like and more creature-like. So when they started doing these samples and figuring out what the creatures were, because they were like, okay, well, yeah, it's canine, but it doesn't really look like a dog. So, like, I guess the argument was, okay, well, if it looks like a dog, then, like, why haven't we been able to just say when we saw a chupacabra? Like, everyone's saying it looks like a furry lizard right. and a kangaroo. If we've really seen it and it looks like a dog, everyone knows what a dog looks like. Why haven't we said anything like that? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, why are we describing it as a beast we've never discovered Yeah, if we all know what a dog looks like? So, yeah. um, basically, the answer to that, according to people doing DNA samples and looking at these creatures' bodies and analyzing them, they found out that they didn't really look like dogs anymore because they had lost all their hair to mange. That's what I was going to ask, yeah. And, which is kind of like mites burrowing up in right. your skin. And so they mange also ends up creating, or it's also known as scabies in right. some places, or maybe that's the older furs version of it. But you end up having very little hair or fur. You end up having really like your skin tightens mm. and thickens and looks very leathery. And you it makes you weaker. And so you're hobbling everywhere so you don't really Funny. walk like a dog. So that would explain the hopping too maybe. Oh, um, sick pup. And the raised ridge is actually like the last hairs left that are kind of pronouncing themselves. Um, and so the scales that people thought they might have seen could have been the mites burrowing in the skin. Ew. And then the gray skin that people are seeing could be actual coyotes exposed skin due to hair loss. Apparently right. coyotes are actually gray. Okay. Um, but uh, this is another argument. People say, well, if a dog is attacking animals, like it wouldn't just attack the livestock to not eat it. Like why would it just puncture its neck once and then run off? Yeah, that's a good point. And um, apparently a lot of, uh, zoologists have come out and said apparently it's pretty common for dogs or coyotes to attack without eating really yeah apparently like very common it's like a it's a misunderstanding or a stereotype that dogs will only attack to eat they'll just bite at something sure. or nip at something which makes sense um interesting and so a lot of times they will kill without actually wanting to eat their prey so and that could be for a bunch of reasons that could be like maybe they bite it and then, I mean, maybe they just want to bite something but they, or they're, they're aggressive, but then it could also be like, oh, they bite it and then they don't want to do it or maybe they're too weak and like they try to right. attack it and realize they're not strong enough or um, anything like that. So, Or they're just like defensive or something. Like it yeah. Got in their it got in your face, yeah. So it could be a lot of things. Um, and sometimes they just attack. So that being said, they looked at the puncture wounds and they did find out that they did match with canine teeth marks. Mm. Um, and usually you, so you would think like, okay, well they'll attack animals and then they'll have these puncture marks, but then like, how would an animal like die from that? But it, the way that they're biting, it's not that they're necessarily going for a jugular at all, but it's that a lot of animals, if they get bitten hard enough there, they can eternally hemorrhage. Oh my God. So it looks like they got bit once and then they just fall over and die. But it's because there's either like circulatory shock or something. Yeah, I guess that, right in their neck. Like that's yeah. not going to end well. So that's how the animals could die from just one bite without <sighs> actually being like ripped apart. It's dark. Okay. Um, and it's pretty common for coyotes to bite animals and run off for the animals to go for a neck. That's just kind of like a dog instinct. Sure. And then for them to die from internal hemorrhaging. 
And because of the mange that these uh, canines allegedly have, they're probably weaker and can't attack prey that they would usually find in the wild. So they're going for easier prey that's in a limited space and can't yeah. run like livestock because they're all penned in. Right. So it would make sense why it's only going for things that are either slower than it or can't escape and right, run off. Right, right. Um, so that explains why only livestock's being attacked. And um, compared to actual, bl- another reason that it's debunking it saying like, oh, these are just dogs with mange is because if you look at other animals that are actually blood feeders, the chupacabra doesn't actually have a lot at all in common with them. Okay. So um, the example that I saw was vampire animals, like, you know, bats. Yeah. Um, they're one, very tiny, two, have specialized teeth, and three, have specialized digestive systems so they can actually live off of the blood nutrients. <sighs> yep. So, um, and a chupacabra is not at all tiny. It's been either a dog at the smallest or a kangaroo panther thing. So it's like <laughs> definitely not as small as a bat. Um, and it doesn't, if it is a dog, it doesn't have the digestive properties or abilities to actually eat blood, which would, so it couldn't possibly be that at all. Um, also a creature the size of the dog quote would starve to death pretty quickly on a blood meal because it lacks essential components for canines, such as fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could say, okay, well, fine, this thing, maybe a dog's biting the neck and then attacking it and leaving, and then this animal internally hemorrhages, but then explain all of the blood being drained from the body. Yeah. Because if the if the, these canines aren't eating the or drinking the blood because that's not what their bodies are meant to do, then where's the blood going? And, like, potentially organs, if that was true. And potentially organs. And uh, so then apparently that is... There, all the blood going missing in these bodies is actually a myth because there is something called lividity, which I'm sure anyone in the medical world understands, but I didn't know about it. Um, this is when all of your blood seeps to the lowest part of your body, which I have heard of. I just didn't know the word lividity, I yeah. don't think. Um, that was an issue with the Kendrick With Kendrick. Case. I yeah. thought that when I was covering this. So yeah. it was just kind of gravity takes, takes yeah. force and all of your blood goes to the lowest point of you. And so a lot of times these animals, all the blood will seep to like their feet or maybe their uh, stomach or something, but something that isn't their neck usually. And so um, when you actually cut the body open, it looks like the blood is missing, but it's actually just pooled and then thickened somewhere else where you're not looking. I'm glad we're going to lunch after this. This is appetizing. Listen, I, (laughs) (laughs) oh, well, it'll be a bloody good time. Uh So um, it looks like the blood is completely gone even though it's just coagulated elsewhere. Okay. And you're like, I get it, coagulated, got it. Okay. Coagulate doesn't bother me as much, but. I think of coag, when I think of coagulated, I hate that word because I think of fear factor because they used to have to eat coagulated blood. Like, okay, so gross. What um, the fuck? So every time I hear coagulated, I just think of Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> so it, in fact, there were 300 reported bodies that had been attacked by um, chupacabra, the chupacabra or many chupacabras at this point. Um, and there were, were 300 different animals bodies that were autopsied to see where all this blood went. And all of them actually did have blood in them. It was just in a different part of the body at this okay. point. So that takes away from like, Oh, they're drained. It's like, no, it's just lividity. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest, biggest proof of it all. If that, I feel like that almost, uh, cancels out any real argument for yeah, the chupacabra I feel, existing. I feel deflated and debunked. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. usually canines with mange, 
an animal internally hemorrhaging and then lividity causes Which the blood like, to go all elsewhere. All of it is so sad. Like animals with mange, animals dying mm-hmm. and lividity. All yeah, sad. All bad. Like no, it's not like no, a happy ending. No good. Um, but if that wasn't all of it, then the real chef's kiss to like taking away. Oh wait, we're still going. Got it. Any credibility is that um, there was this one man named Benjamin Radford who worked for Skeptical Inquirer magazine, and he spent five years like on the hunt investigating mm. any evidence possible um, to figure out if Chupacabra is real. And at, eventually on his five-year quest, if you will, he discovered uh, the very first Chupacabra witness ever. <gasps> and apparently her name was Madeline Tolentino, and she saw a... Um, she saw Chupacabra in her window in 1995 in Puerto Rico. And she was the first person to describe it, any of that. Okay. She saw it pretty much, I don't know if it was hours after or days after, but very closely after she had seen the movie Species and the alien creature named Sill in that movie has a pretty identical description to the Chupacabra. For real? Yes. Oh boy. To a point where even Madeline is quoted saying, Sill was a creature that looked like the chupacabra, and the alien creature Sill oh, oh, Sill was a creature that looked like the chupacabra with spines on its back and all. Their resemblance was pretty impressive, and so I don't think she like understood what had happened that she like primed herself to describe it yeah. in a certain way because she like, how weird I just saw the exact uh-huh. same thing in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like in the interview like she had no idea, so I don't think it was ever her trying to make something out of sure, a cryptid. Sure. I think she really just has had no understanding of the fact that she accidentally created a cryptid. Um, and so Benjamin Radford was quoted saying, she said she only saw it for a minute or two. It wasn't very long, but she gave a whole description of the number of toes, eyes and alien appearance, the teeth. She even noticed that it had no genitals to me. That was a smoking gun. It can't be a coincidence. That's that this chupacabra just happens to look exactly like the monster in the film. Then again, it doesn't matter what I write because, uh, and it doesn't matter that I solved this because people are still going to see a weird hairless thing and someone's going to call it a chupacabra. So basically all of this are just stories that were exaggerated retellings of common animals, AKA dogs. <laughs> um, and plus Madeline's original account that went viral and perpetuated these stories. And um, plus now that the description is a common canine, like I said earlier, anytime you see a dog, like anything, you could call it the chupacabra. Right. So it, only went from one kind of mystery to another where let's say the chupacabra exists, any dog-like thing in the world could be it. And you would technically be right. Right. So it's kind of just like a dead end. Mm -hmm. Um, And Lauren Coleman even said, anything unknown that happens in New Jersey becomes the Jersey devil. The same thing is happening right now with the chupa. So you literally anything weird at all that involves a dog, you'd be like, Oh, that was a chupacabra. And no one can say you're wrong. (laughs) Um, apparently Princeton University literally maintains a website with a timeline of the Chupacabra attacks, <gasps> at least up until 1996. Uh, <laughs> Which so, is a long time ago. So. And also only was a year of events because it happened oh, in 1995. Oh, I thought you meant, wait, sorry, what was 1996? So 1995 is when the Chupacabra became viral and they have the first year of attacks on it. So they've only got oh, like I thought 95 you meant to 96. Their website is current, at least it was in 1996. Oh, I see I what like, you're saying. Um, maybe we should check and make sure it's... I th- <laughs> honestly, I think this was a Princeton student doing some sort of research and they just never got rid of the site. That's what it that. looked like. And so they're just like still paying the domain. They forgot I, the password yeah, to GoDaddy. And exactly. Like it just keeps going. And so it's got some, it's got a timeline 
I will warn you, I'll give you some of them, but I'm not going to mention the one the mention the ones from December 21st to January 7th because those are pretty graphic. Oh, um, great. Considering these are all livestock attacks, some, those yeah. particularly, I will say if you want to read them, if that's your thing, sure, go for it. Um, it was December 21st to January 7th. Um, I would I would say if you really wanted to do an in-depth research to look at it, just because those are the weirdest ones that would imply some sort of alien attack and they, it doesn't sound like things that would be dogs okay. that cause these things, but they are also like wild animal mutilation things. Oh, so I'm not going to talk about okay, them. Okay. Thank you. But if you want to know the whole story and like, th- to be honest, the oddest cases, it's worth looking at because you're like that a dog wouldn't do that. Can we like put the link in the show notes or do we have it? Um, we don't have it on hand, but if you type in Chupacabra Princeton University, I'm pretty sure you'll find the time. So we can put that in the show. We can put it in the show notes. I just don't have it on me right now. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, so in 1994, this, and these are not the really graphic ones, but these are just some of the original accounts that made, that perpetuated the, the viral storyline of Chupacabra. In Puerto Rico, there were four or six little grays, (laughs) like little gray aliens found under a bed and chased out of the house with a broom, which sounds like a precious little like <laughs> elf troll story. It sounds like uh, like a little short film by, by Pixar. It sounds like the movie The Borrowers. Do you yes. remember that with the little people? Just like, that was like a book, I think. Oh, I guess. I think it was too. a book yeah. and it became a movie. Oh. I think Draco Malfoy was in that when he was a little kid. Yes, I think you were right. Um, but yeah, so there were apparently like six little aliens just hanging out and then they got shoved out with a broom. Wow. Um, also in March of 95, uh, there were eight sheep found dead, completely drained of blood, which now we can argue was not the case. Mm. In August 95 in Puerto Rico, there was a chupacabra blamed for the death of over 150 animals in Whoa. one farm. Um, in November 95, the chupacabra is blamed in the, the death of dozens of animals. And it is said to have ripped open the bedroom window of a house and destroyed a stuffed teddy bear thinking it was a real animal. And grossly enough, it left a puddle of slime and a piece of rancid white meat on the windowsill. And it had hairy arms and huge eyes. What in the actual hell keep in mind these are the ones in the 90s before the canine description came out so this right. is when everyone's these thinking this is a lizard kangaroo panthers. lizard panther right. flying creature yeah that um, goes to maine for spring break uh-huh. <laughs> i follow so in 1995 puerto uh in puerto rico there was one that was uh it was thought that the chupacabra was responsible for over a thousand killings um this is not a bad one from december 21st but in a town in puerto rico apparently one guy named Osvaldo Claudio Rosado was washing his car and he got grabbed from behind and tried to fight off a gorilla who was five feet tall who ran away. And uh, Osvaldo actually had like massive cuts in his uh, abdomen from this the gorilla's like claws. What? Um, and he said that that was the chupacabra. Wait, 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 really wait, wait, wait. anything wild. <laughs> he, didn't even, he said it, it was a gorilla, but also it was a chupacabra. It literally could have been like a serial killer in a gorilla suit. But he was like, no, no, chupacabra. <laughs> I'm telling you, the 90s were wild. that You could blame anything on the chupacabra. And no it. one can tell you you're right or wrong. Um, <laughs> another one was uh, May 2nd, where it uh, it was described as having arms like a kangaroo, feathers. It glows from its own light in its stomach. And it has a sucking tube-like projection in the mouth. Tube-like projection. And apparently, this is just kind of interesting because uh, this was one report where a married woman reported that a chupacabra had bitten her neck. She's the only human case that it potentially (gasps) happened to. And it was later debunked that she was trying to cover up the fact that it was a hickey from her lover that she didn't want her husband (gasps) to know about. No. That's the best of all. Anyway, 
That is the chupacabra. Yay. I love that that guy who did an investigative report was like, anyway, I spent five years on this, but it literally doesn't matter what I say because no one is going to believe me anyway. Bye. It's so petty and sassy, but also can you imagine spending five years no. of your life to find the original witness? And it's like, oh yeah, because I watched that movie. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck everything <laughs> I've ever done. I'd be like, what a waste of my time. So weird how it looked just like that movie. I just spilled tea down my chin. Cute. Oh, well. Oh, well. Everyone ignore it. That's why it's my turn to talk, I guess. Okay. You can look at me. Okay. Okay. This is the story. This is a big one. So I want to- Oh, a big one? Get going. Yeah. This is the uh, story of Tamla Horsford, which I have put on hold for, as we know, several weeks after Morbid and Crime Junkie covered it. Um, We wanted to uh, not report the same story at the same time. Yes. Yes. Just because people, you know, I want- I want to make sure people don't yell at Well, also, it's like it's it's helpful for all podcasts in that way because if they heard our story first, maybe Morbid wouldn't get a listen. If they heard Morbid's version, maybe we wouldn't get a listen. Some people like to listen to both and get multiple perspectives. But if every single podcast I listened to covered the same story, I'd be like, what is going on? Like, this is just like a marathon. And I know people do get really, um, not a lot of people, but some people get very, like, uh, upset about it because they're like, well, you did the same thing. I think story, it's plagiarism in some way. No, no, no. But like you, why would you release the same story? And it's like, I don't know what Morbid is going to release. Like oh. it's none of my business. I'm on the plagiarism kick after Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Well, that too. But if it's the same day, like yeah. you're not going to be like, oh, you, you know, stole it right. from their laptop or something. But like, you know, I mean, people get upset and it's like understandable. You don't want to hear the same episode two times, which by the way, it's not. They're very vastly different. But um, also like, you know, we don't know what another show is releasing tomorrow even if we're friends with them so that's my point anyway this is the story of the suspicious death of tamla horsford which has become really relevant in recent months um and we will explain why okay ready freddie uh-huh okay now this is like a doozy so if you have anything you're confused or lost or i didn't explain well just tell me okay okay so tamla saint jour was born on october 10th 1978 in the caribbean but moved to the United States when she was 11. And when she was in the U.S., she met and married her best friend, whose name was Leander Horsford. He went by Lee, um, or he goes by Lee. And they had five children together. In 2013, Lee moved his business from Florida to Georgia, so the family relocated to Forsyth County, Mm -hmm. um, a town of Cumming, which, you know, arguably is a questionable name in uh-huh. my opinion because it's spelled is it, C-U-M-M-I-G uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and nobody seems to know, like say that, but uh-huh. I'm just going to say it because we're all thinking it. I okay. always feel bad for the people whose last name is coming. So yeah. it's like, come on, you know, in high school, someone, it's got to be someone rough, said right, something, right? It had uh, to not be good. Exactly. So, so the town of Cumming, Georgia, uh-huh. um, the heart goes out to that entire County, which I was like, town. why do I know that name? And then I realized recently in unsolved mysteries on Netflix, um did you ever end up watching this okay so it's it, there's one episode about like it was a story of patrice and it literally took place in this exact town oh really coming georgia so i was like that's huh. weird like it's that's not a, a it's its own town. it's its own hub it's, it's own, its own hub and we will get into this town later also but anyway tamla's children are like the most important thing in her entire life she's super proud of them um her boys are active in sports she's really like heavily invested in all her kids hobbies or schooling etc she loves being a football mom is what she calls herself her kids play football 
Um, she actively posts pictures uh, uh, of like her kids to Facebook, and she she's just very like involved mother at sure. school and in um, extracurriculars and that kind of thing. Um, she always cooks the family dinner, even like if she has to go somewhere, she always <coughs> makes sure they have food before wow. she leaves. Like she's just like kids come first always. Top dog, top dog mom. Top dog mom. Family always comes first. Um, she's described as a social butterfly, really like uh, just super outgoing, always making friends. Um, she was often called Tam. Uh, was a nickname. And an article in the Daily Beast, which I thought was pretty like – this is like the exact kind of persona. Like this describes her best, I think. So an article in the Daily Beast described her as the type of person who volunteered in all of her children's classrooms but snuck miniature bottles of wine into the sidelines of their football games. Aha. Uh-huh. So like just that fun mom who's also like really so involved. You as a mom. So, <laughs> so the best person ever, me. Involved, no. but also like you've got your wine bra on, on the field trip. I say <laughs> field trip. Yeah. Also, I'm definitely not on the field trip because I want to stay at home. But with your because you don't <laughs> want to put the wine. wine, you don't want the wine in your bra. You exactly. just want it down your gullet. Got it. So this is me, except I'm just the wine half, not like uh-huh. the super involved. And in- <laughs> I say you're not the PTA mom. You're no. the tell me how it goes when you get back. <laughs> tell me how it goes. Uh-huh. Have fun. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to get into really quickly the history of Forsyth County, which um, wowza does this place have a freaking past. Okay. So in 1829, European-Americans, what a shocker, forced the existing Cherokee people off the land. Um, Within a decade, a majority of those displaced Cherokee people lost their lives on the Trail of Tears. Then fast forward to 1912, vigilantes and the KKK forced all black residents out of Forsyth County, like literally all of them, just like forced them out. Um, White residents stole or destroyed everything owned by black residents from farms to literal tombstones, just like started demolishing them. Like it's bad. Um, and this was so effective, quote unquote, that within a decade, there were no black residents in the entire county. So like Forsyth County Yay. had zero percent. That's, that's so Is that gross. bananas. I mean, it's and not. What year was this? Um, so that was 1912. But Forsyth remained an all white county, quote unquote, not something to be proud of until 1987. So like Isn't literally. Isn't that something Oprah like, went to? Didn't Oprah do something there? I think. Yes, she did. She yeah. went to like the whitest city in the country that's or something. Yeah, and then the they one. like. That's she, the one. She tried to do some sort of interview or talk there, and they yes. were like, get out. It was awful. Oh, I'll keep going here. That's exactly right. Okay. Oprah did get involved. So, um, Oprah got involved. Oprah got involved. That's <laughs> how you know. Don't worry. Listen. Yeah, it was bad. So, all white county, which is like the phrasing that they used, which is like, yikes, um, until 1987, which is long ago, but not long ago. You know what I mean? Like, not long ago enough where we should get it can be explained yeah (laughs) so that year things came to a head when a local white shop owner uh decided to hold a march to celebrate martin luther king jr's birthday and boy did that not go over well sure so his life was threatened and when that happened a small civil rights demonstration was held at the county seat in coming georgia during which members of the ku klux klan threw rocks and bottles and shouted racial slurs at the small group of peaceful demonstrators wowza um, what Sounds a shock! Familiar? Not right. <laughs> like this is this is why this whole thing is just becoming like reignited uh-huh. in like I the see. media and public eye, um, and apparently on every podcast. So sorry about that. Um, so rather than deter them, the racist behavior actually prompted this massive civil rights march with twenty thousand participants who marched from Atlanta to Cumming, Georgia. Um, among the marchers were Representative John Lewis, R.I.P., Coretta Scott King, um, Julian Bond, civil rights leader. And the march was, so this was 20,000 participants, and the march was flanked by 5,000 counter-demonstrators, so that's superb, holding signs saying things like, 
I'm just going to read these to you because, uh-huh. oof, okay. Uh-huh. They held signs that saying things like sickle cell anemia, the great white hope, <gasps> and keep Forsyth County racially pure. Okay. This is in the, like 87. So, I mean, it's not long ago. It's not like, oh, the days of yore. It's like, this Yikes. is in a lot of our lifetimes. Okay. Right. Um, so 2000 peace officers and national guardsmen were called in. Uh, the march was considered the, or was the largest civil rights march since 1970. And since then, since 1987, Forsyth was no longer an all white County, but it is still predominantly white. Um, just 4% of the population is black compared to 32% of the entire state of Georgia, like on average in Georgia. Uh And so 32% of the average in Georgia and then 4% is, uh, this town. Wow. So Oprah did go and and interviewed people and said, uh-huh. like, what is your problem? I imagine she had to be fucking terrified, by the way. Like, I don't think like, that's not. No. Yeah, that is not like I feel like just because she's a she fun, has a TV easy, show journalist doesn't mean do. she like didn't bring a shitload of security. Yeah, there. that must have been fucking horrifying, okay. like physically, mentally, spiritually, et cetera. Sure. So anyway, the, the reason I tell you all this is because a it's like horrifying, but B, it comes into play in this story. So again, Tamla and her family moved to this town. She's like super like they love that they love their time there she's really involved she makes friends like she's having a good old time um november 3rd 2018 it's a pretty routine uh day for tamla as she makes dinner her close friend and neighbor michelle graves stops by and tamla's like oh i'm going to this thing later uh it's an adult slumber party with the other football moms which oh i know what this is you do (laughs) that's the the one that the picture that's going viral. viral right okay so she's like, I'm going to an adult slumber party with the other football moms because the kids' football season just ended. Um, it's taking place at the home of Jean Myers, and her name's spelled kind of like Jean, uh-huh. but it's pronounced Jean, uh, whose son played football with Tamla's and was also celebrating her 45th birthday. So Tamla tells her friend Michelle this and is like, come on, why don't you come to the slumber party with me? And Michelle's like, mm, no, thanks. That does not sound fun to me. An adult sleepover does sound way fun to me. We literally just had two in a row. <laughs> We like literally just did. I gotta say, and also like my last year, my superhero sleepover party. Yeah, I had so much fucking fun. You weren't there. Eva came. Yeah, like we. It was where me was and I? You. I was out of town somewhere. somewhere. You were somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you fled when I. Asked oh, it was for, our birthday weekend. When I asked to go to, when I asked for a sleepover, you were like, "Bye, I'm gonna leave." Okay, this time you asked for a sleepover, and I flew across the country for it. So to be fair, I made up for it. But no, my my. The sleeper was like, I think there was at least a dozen people there who spent the night. It was so much fun. So fun. Yeah. I know. So like she was that kind of person where she was like, I want to go to this yeah. adult summer party, uh, have like drink, have fun, like not have to drive. Obviously right. you can all stay over, Crash stay up late. Couch. Like exactly. So that was kind of the idea. Um, Michelle is like, mm, those really, she said those really weren't her people. And she's like, I don't think I want to like participate, which also I can't blame you either. You know right. I mean? If you're not like one of the football moms, maybe that's not your thing. So before heading to the party, Tamala prepares a casserole for her family because, as I said, she Precious. always makes sure the family is fed. Um, then she heads to the party with a bottle of top-shelf tequila as a gift for the hostess, which is just lovely. I mean, why don't you bring that to our slumber party? But whatever. I don't know. I really – I did think. I was like, I should bring something to this. You brought fish flops. Thank You're you. Welcome. And your presence. I brought the best of them You brought all. the presence of Emothy and the notorious <sighs> flip-flops. I, fish flops. Yeah, I, I offered nothing else. You offered nothing. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, boy. So this party was supposed to begin at 7, uh, and Tamla arrived around 8.30, so fashionably late. 
Um, like we are always, but it's not fashionable. I was fashionably late last night. I said on my way at seven and then I got and there at like seven forty-five. Sat there with my homemade Ouija board waiting for you to come in the door. And it was like 40 minutes later you walked in and I've been just sitting there with my yeah. Ouija board. Sorry. Anyway, so uh, so the guest, like I said, consists of other football moms and uh, Jean, whose birthday was her friends. Um, so Tamla doesn't know everyone at the party, but like I said, she's a social butterfly. She like just basically became friends with everyone. Like she was there are literally photos of her like laying on people's laps and like she got there basically and like immediately changed into her onesie pajamas, sure. like super cute. So they were all kind of hanging out, having fun. It was supposed to be a, quote, female-only party, but there were three men as there as well. Uh, so Jose Barrera, 27-year-old boyfriend of Jean, and two others, Tom Smith and Michael Pallarino, who were, like, partners of two of the, the other guests. Uh-huh. So the plan was to watch the LSU versus Alabama football game in their PJs, eat gumbo, and drink cocktails, which is, like... That sounds great. All I want out of life, yeah. except for maybe the football. We watch Ghost Adventures instead. Watch TV, period. I'm happy. <laughs> they also played Cards Against Humanity, classic. Um, Jean like apparently just turns her nose up at the tequila. She's like, I don't drink tequila. Uh, uh-huh. first of all, kind of rude. Yeah. Cause someone just brought you a really expensive bottle of tequila, right. but whatever. So she, she kind of does. She's like, I don't want the tequila. So Tim was like, great. I'll drink it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, she sounds like a blast. Yes, and she was. She is, yeah. So Tamla and a couple others, she's like the blast of the party. She and a couple others enjoy this um, tequila. They spend the evening laughing, dancing, drinking, like typical slumber party. Um, This one reminded me of myself and potentially maybe not you because you're from Virginia and like did a lot of this. But they at one point tried and failed to light to light an outdoor fire pit, which I was like, that would be me after a bottle of tequila. Like, I got this. I'm going to make s'mores and then like not not working, not do it. So they tried. Um, It didn't work. So throughout the night, Tamla FaceTimes with her family because she's always, like, checking in. She actually, it's really sweet. She, like, showed off her kids to the other uh, football moms. Yeah, she, like, got them on FaceTime and, like, was bragging about them. Uh, Jean later told investigators that Tamla, quote, didn't seem drunk at all. A sentiment echoed by others at the party because she could hold her liquor because, like, obviously she's Tam, you know. (laughs) She's Miss Tam. We don't doubt that. Yeah. Madeline Lombardi, so Jean's aunt, uh, lived with her at the house. She lived in like the basement apartment, basically. Mm-hmm. Like she was staying with her temporarily. Um, and her name was Madeline. She went to bed early, party pooper. Uh, around 10.30 p.m., according to police reports, uh, a couple of the guests started leaving. So Nicole Lawson, Sarah Cockrum left due to childcare issues. Because uh, I guess at this point, they're also like actual grownups. So they're like, right. <laughs> they have to, shit to do. Um, around 1 a.m., the men came upstairs to sing happy birthday to Jean. Jose and Jean helped carry one of the guests to bed, Jennifer, because she was quite intoxicated. Mm -hmm. And at 1.30 a.m., Jose and Jean, the hosts, the couple, they head to bed. According to them, uh, Tamla was the last person awake when they went to bed. Uh, Jose explains he wasn't sure whether she was waiting for a ride or staying the night at the house, but she was up. Uh, Despite Tamla allegedly being the last one awake, friend Bridget leaves the house at 1.47 a.m. And a woman named Marcy left early at 4.10 a.m. to go to work, which nightmare. But yeah, Yeah, yikes. So 1.47 a.m., Bridget sees uh, Tamla. She says when she left, Tamla was eating a bowl of gumbo and was about to go outside to smoke a cigarette. Uh, And she said that Tamla gave her a big hug and said, like, you are an awesome person. Like, she's just a really sweet, lovely, bubbly woman. So when the guests who slept over began to wake up on the morning of November 4th, 2018, uh, now more people are kind of filtering out early, 7.45 a.m. Then um, the couple, Tom and Stacy, leave at 8.30. And then the aunt, Madeline, 
wakes up at 8.45 a.m. She's the one who lives, like, in the basement. That sounds sketchy. I mean, she lives, oh, yeah, like, yeah, in yeah. the apartment in the basement. <laughs> um, she goes to the kitchen. She has, like, a little kitchenette thing. She goes to the, her little kitchenette to make coffee. And as she looks out the window, she sees a body f- lying face down in the backyard. Hmm. And she at first thinks it's someone sleeping. But she kind of looks closer, and she realizes that it's Tamla, still clad in her puppy print onesie pajamas, Aww. lying face down uh, in the yard. And according to Madeline, she watches Tamla for a moment, then before doing, realizing like she's not moving, before doing anything else, kneels and starts praying, which like, go get somebody. Sorry. Right. Like, like that's. Like, do that as pray the later, Right. Like I don't care if you yeah. pray, but like someone is face down in the backyard. That just, I, that really just pissed me off. Yeah, We anyway. got to prioritize what we do. <laughs> yeah, let's, right. Yeah. Right. One, one, life, one is a sense of urgency. Yes. Yeah. One is like an actual human life. Um, so she prays. Then she goes to find Jose and Jean. Now, according to the report, uh, according to at least Madeline's report, she walked upstairs, found Jean and Jose, and and told Jean, I just want to talk to Jose. I want him to come downstairs with me. And Jean is like, what is going on? Why do you want to just talk to Jose? Yeah. What's wrong? Uh, Madeline responded that there was something, there's something wrong with your friend from the islands. Oh. Just oh, my God. Putting that one out there. So Jose and Jean enter the backyard, find Tamla, as uh, Madeline had described, Jose pokes Tamla's leg, uh, which is stiff, and instructs Jean to call 911. So this is where everything kind of just starts snowballing. So the call comes in at 8.59 a.m. Jean calmly tells the dispatcher that they need an ambulance. And then she says, quote, we had people over last night. We were drinking. Most of us went to bed. One of them stayed on the balcony. She was drinking. And we just went outside, and she's laying face down in the backyard. It looks like maybe, I'm guessing she fell off the balcony, but she's stiff. And the dispatcher says, okay, is she breathing? And John says, I don't know, but she's face down. And it's like just very calm, which again, you never know how you're going to react when sure. something terrible happens, but it's also like, that is your friend. Right. You haven't even checked if you she's have every breathing. right to panic and also like make sure she's and alive. Like, you're right. Like maybe check. Uh, so anyway, it's just a little bit off, you know, it just feels off. So John hands a phone to her boyfriend, Jose who says she is not moving one bit. She's not breathing. She's completely face down in the yard. She's stiff. I'm noticing a small cut on her right wrist. She's not breathing whatsoever. So as you can see, Jose told the dispatcher multiple times that Tamla wasn't breathing, but get this not once throughout the entire seven minute and 50 second phone call that he actually checked to see if she was breathing, even though he insisted many times she's absolutely not breathing. Now you can maybe dismiss that if it's like some guy that, uh, is just like freaked out and doesn't know what to do. But this guy has rescue training. He was a court officer. He knew how to check for a pulse. He knew how to administer CPR. Like he's fully trained in emergency, right. um, you know, rescue training. But for, for me, what I'd like stick my finger under your nose. And if you, if I didn't feel air, you're not, breathing. that's what I would do. Anything, right? That he, would be it. I that. wouldn't know how to chest for any other way. Exactly. But, but even that they didn't do, right? He literally just poked her leg and was like, oh, she's, like stiff and the the dispatcher keeps saying like can you check can you please check if she's breathing um we'll actually link to the 911 call it's it's pretty long but we can link to that in the show notes if you want to hear the whole thing but uh basically he just keeps like he poked her once and then the dispatcher keeps saying can you check can you check and he's like oh i don't know like she's definitely not breathing it's just very weird how they're not which i get like it's probably a horrifying sight but also like I mean, check if she's alive, yeah. right? Like, whatever. 
So a large portion of the call seems to be redacted um, because like when you're listening to it, there's just this like sudden silence as if like the release, they released it, but they took out a big chunk. And when the recording comes back in, we hear the dispatcher say, do you know if she was suicidal at all? And according to reports, the redacted part, somebody found out what it said. The redacted part featured Jose pointing out this cut on Tamla's wrist and saying, like, I don't know if it's if it was self-inflicted. Oh, and okay. uh, nothing at any point. Like, why would you suggest? Like, why would you suggest that? If I saw a cut on you, I would be like, what happened? Not like right. you did that. Also, why did like, you do that? Yeah. You, she had already said, like, oh, it looks like maybe she fell off the balcony. And now he's saying, oh, well, maybe the cut was self-inflicted. So he's implying a lot that she had done this herself. It really took a turn now in the call, exactly, because he kind of mentioned that. And then um, she and that's when the cut call comes back in and she says, well, do you know if she was suicidal at all? And he's like, oh, I don't know her at all. Like, I've only met her once or twice. So it's just a little weird um, that that was even brought up, because mm-hmm. why would you assume that, I guess? Right. Um, especially if last night, like, she was just super... Fun I had a hair like, on me, sorry. What? I had a hair on me. Oh, was, no worries. I was, like, doing a little dance with my hands. Um, Especially if, like, last night she was super fun and jovial. Why would that be the thing right. that you assume? So just weird. Um, When asked how high the balcony was, this one got me. Jose described the height as, quote, 20 feet from where your feet are standing on the railing. So, like, the person literally just asked how high is the balcony. He goes, oh, well, if you were standing on the railing, it would be 20 feet high. And it's like no one said Why? anyone was standing on the, as if like it was a suicide to like uh, kind of uh-huh. further this thought that like, weird. oh, she probably climbed up there and jumped or fell or whatever. It's just a weird way to describe how tall is the balcony. Right. It's 20 feet from where your feet are standing on the railing. It's uh-huh. just a strange. Yeah. It's This is just where things start to go off, like be off, you know? Jose also insists on telling the dispatcher multiple times, multiple times, that Tamala was the only smoker at the party. He says he sees cigarettes and a lighter, but Tamala was the only smoker. Uh, and then he says, my girlfriend has cameras here on the back deck that we can check that I think would have caught the incident. So that's great, great right? Yeah. Like, sure. So at 9.07 a.m., members of the Forsyth County Sheriff's Department, uh, Department arrive and begin their investigation. They find Tamla's body face down. Her feet are pointing toward the house with her arms splayed out. And I don't mean like her face is like turned. It's like in the ground, in the grass, like fully face Nose down. You can't see her face. Right. Um, the postmortem was performed the following day, and the coroner found that Tamla had died as a result of multiple blunt force injuries. So she had severe injuries to her head, neck, torso, bleeding in her brain, and damage to her heart. And those are just holy the, shit. Yeah, those are just the severe injuries. And you can't. And those aren't. You couldn't see like blunt force trauma on her face. Well, they couldn't see her face because she oh, was face right, down. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, but so he said her head, neck, torso, bleeding in her brain. Um, interestingly, her nose wasn't broken, which huh. is kind of weird. Because she yeah. hit face first, but you know, whatever. I guess weirder things have happened. And then there were, I mean, so many just like smaller, like cuts and and like abrasions and twists mm. and you know, just things that also were smaller injuries, quote unquote. And uh, said that despite all of these injuries, <laughs> the cause of death was consistent with a fall. However, it took more than twelve weeks to obtain the results of the toxicology reports. Um, the reports showed Tamla's uh, blood alcohol level was 2.238, which is almost the three times the legal limit in Georgia. And she also had a trace amount of Xanax in her system, which was not something she huh. was prescribed. However, it was like really small, like apparently lower than the lowest calibrated amount detectable. 
So who knows right. um, if that was maybe something she had taken before. Uh, this is pretty wild. Crime scene investigators didn't arrive on the scene for three days. Holy uh, shit. During which the scene was not secured at all. They just left it there. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, well, that's the... that's the Just blunder. That's the number one big problem so far. Yeah. Blunder, blunder, left and it's right. It's like anyone could have done anything in three days to... Correct. ...do whatever they wanted It was like ba- they had their backyard back. Also how disrespectful to her own goddamn body. Correct. Well, I mean, they'd taken up well, to the body. So like her death. Right, to her, right, to her death. I mean, it's just really already bad. So um, Forsyth County Sheriff's investigators took nearly a month to obtain statements from all the attendees at the party. So it took them a month to even ask people at the party, hey, can you tell us what happened that night? A month. A.K.A. people forget things. Also... People have 30 days to come up with their statement, their story, talk to everyone else at the party and be like, here's what happened, right? Like, let's all be on the same page. A month, wow. Um, And I will say, like, I don't know if I end up mentioning this, but during all the interviews, you can find the transcripts online, but during all the interviews, they all insist that Tamla was the only smoker. Like, even when not asked, it's very strange how persistent they are. It's kind of like, like, the killer always comes back to the original location. It's right. like because they feel guilty, so they have to show up. Like if you you keep bringing up these cigarettes, it's like okay, now I want to check the cigarettes. Like yeah, you're like you keep bringing these up even though no one's looking. It's at like it. no why, one why is asked, that? right? Yeah. And like even and at one point it was stated that she had been smoking pot, and like somebody and one party goer who I don't think was identified said like oh she and someone else were smoking pot. And then everyone was like, no, we don't smoke pot. And the guy who was the lead investigator was like, I am not the dope police, quote unquote. Like, right. I don't give a shit if you were smoking pot. That's not yeah. the point of this. But just insistently, like in, incessantly saying she was the only smoker of like cigarettes. Like she's the only smoker. She's the only smoker. And the guy's like, OK, congratulations. Yeah. No one asked that. But it's just really weird. So I just want to point that out, too. Oh, so maybe it had nothing to do with like a shady way that she might have died. It could have just been like they didn't want to get in trouble for. No, I'm talking high. cigarettes. Okay, yeah. Then, then I still stand by my original part. Like, of, like there was why do they a, keep there was also up? a mention of like pot where the guy was like, I don't even care if you were smoking pot. Like, just tell me what happened. And in addition to that, which they were all like, Oh, we don't do that. Okay, whatever, fine. But like the smoking the cigarettes was the thing they kept like insisting that mm. she was the only one who smoked, which just seems strange to me. Um, so Jane had like this, oh, sorry, Jean had like the security system, um, and it had these phone alerts that showed you kind of like a, uh, like a, uh, safe, simply safe or something where every time the door opens, it like triggers an alert and you can see the history of who went in and out. So you can look, uh, there's an actual like log of these. So phone alerts show the back door opening at 1.49 AM, closing at 1.50 opening at 157 and then never closing. Hmm, okay. So it like stayed open. And I will say when Madeline one- went out to find, to see her, or when they went out, the door was cracked open. Okay. So just strange. Um, investigators concluded that like, that was the moment Tamla went out to smoke a cigarette. Uh, they believe due to intoxication, she tripped up and over the railing landing in the backyard, 14 to 16 feet below. According to the official report released to the public, the case was closed February 6, 2019, and Tamla's death was ruled accidental. Now, remember Tamla's friend Michelle, who had come over before she had left and was like, I don't want to go to that slumber party. So she has become, like, extremely vocal about her suspicions that this was not an accident and that people at the party knew more than they were letting on. And she, like, 
from day one was basically fighting for to like have this looked at closer mm. she's like something is wrong here so jean and some of the guests at the party actually sued michelle for defamation because michelle wow. was saying like yeah because like telling them like you're guilty of something up. and you're not saying something yeah so exactly so she was kind of posting like hey they know something they know something and then jean and some of the other guests allegedly received death threats online oh. which is why then they sued for defamation the lawsuit was dismissed um but Meanwhile, Michelle is, uh, you know, outward, speaking outwardly like something is wrong. She discovers, for, for whatever reason, that her private information was somehow leaked to people at the party, that all these party guests suddenly had all her private information. And she was like, she filed a police complaint being like, that info uh, information was classified, like my private information was classified. How did all these people suddenly get my private information? So police looked into it, and wouldn't you know it, somebody had... Uh, allegedly accessed files relating to Tamla's death. And that person was our good friend, Jose Barrera. Aha. Uh-huh. Who okay. the boyfriend, the boyfriend who uh, <laughs> he had access to that, but it was very much not allowed uh, for him to look into these files because he was a witness in this case. So he had allegedly open. He was accused of opening these files. I mean, somebody opened them, but so they allegedly he had opened the, these files um, to find whatever information, and suddenly everyone at the party had like Michelle's private info got it. and information that they shouldn't have had, and he uh, he actually got fired for this. So that mm. was it was that bad. Like he was wow. uh, okay. it was abuse of power basically. Sure. Um, so Tamla, these are some inconsistencies that inconsistencies that didn't quite fit into like the story, but that just adding all these up make this the craziest thing. Um, so here are some other ones. For example, Tamla somehow ended up separated from her phone that night, and it wound up in the hands of Stacy and Tom, the couple who left the next day, mm-hmm. which is like, how on earth did Stacy and Tom get your cell phone? Right. It's just super weird. And friends and family were like, Tamla wouldn't have just like given her phone away to someone. And who found this out? The Who found out that they had the phone? Oh, they just were like, oh, we have it. We have our phone. Okay. I don't know. It was just part of the like investigation gotcha. that they ended up with it, which just, just like, weird. why, how would it either you grabbed it intentionally or and someone like, else snuck it in there, but then you, neither of those are. You had hands on it. It's just weird because they had gone home and they were like, oh, we have Tamla's phone. And everyone's like, why? Right. right. Why would you have taken it from the party? It's, so that's just hmm. strange. Um, friends also point out that Tamla was from the Caribbean. Like I said, she was always cold. She would never have gone outside without her coat and shoes. It was 45 degrees that night. So that's another thing where people are like, why would she have just wandered out without her coat and shoes, which were right there? Right. Um, Many people also find it strange. Like I said, that Jose, a trained court officer, needed a 911 operator to keep telling him to check for Tamla's pulse. And he like wouldn't do it. And then he suggested that she cut her own wrist potentially. So that's another weird inconsistency. Um, Until the investigation was closed, like basically nothing was shared with Tamla's family or the public. And so there's this like lack of transparency that adds suspicion to this whole thing. Um, There are also more like a ton of inconsistencies with the witness statements, um, like insisting they didn't smoke. Oh, she's the only one who who smoked. Uh, Jean Myers, Madeline, Lombardi, and Jose all wrote out their witness statements together. So like they were literally in the same room. And they got to just like uh-huh. tell their story together. So they didn't like they weren't, they weren't separated. separated. Yeah. So that like they could, you know, say from their perspective what happened. Also weird. Um, while okay, so this is like batshit crazy, but Jean 
was going to the interview, um, you know, her police interview, and she was like, I got you, officer something. And they're like, what? And she's like, I brought you all Dunkin' Donuts gift cards. And they were like, you can't, we like we can't have take that like this it's is a, bribe. a murder investigation yeah. sounds very it, bribey right it's yeah. so sketchy it's also like not a good enough bribe either. not a great bribe <laughs> like if you're gonna offer something like in exchange for something it's like it should she, be more than like a couple donuts it's like she looked at the uh, like the police and we're like oh i know what'll get them uh-huh i've watched the simpsons uh-huh, uh-huh. so it, it was just weird and they were like no we don't we're not taking that please tell us about this you're friend who was murdered and she was like oh i got y'all some cop like some dunkin donuts cards it's so weird um so it took nearly 30 days like i said to collect all the witness statements which is too long right uh several attendees including jose Barrera and the smiths who had her cell phone uh have ties to law enforcement and political ties in forsyth county like i said the scene was not secured for example they never took Tamla's cigarette butts and shoes to process them. The shoes remained at Jean's house for nearly two weeks after her death. Just like left stuff that could have been, they they didn't even analyze the cigarettes, which is like that you'd think, especially yeah. with the amount they're going on about how they don't smoke. Like maybe let's check. Like let's, maybe let's <laughs> look at some DNA, please. Exactly. And what's more, there are no photos from Tamla's autopsy. Like remember how there were. This is so sloppily done. Yeah. There were all those injuries. Right. Not a photo. And allegedly there were some taken, but no one has seen them. There's no access to them. And is that something you reach out to the person who did the autopsy and be like, what gives? Or is this like, I mean, the I think it's take just, be- you would think it's proto, like you, like, I imagine this person who did the autopsy knows their like code of standards. Like or you basically, like I remember in Morbid, obviously like Elena is like an autopsy tech and she was like, you don't not take photos. Like that's not a thing ever, Yeah, ever, ever, ever. Unless someone explicitly says to you, no photos, which like unless why? like someone got involved and like paid them off or, or just that told person, or instructed like, you to take no photos. Like if somebody uh, above you said don't take photos, but like why on earth would that be a thing? And right, why wouldn't you want evidence? Right, and I did say murder investigation. This is not necessarily a murder investigation. It was just, but it could be treated as a homicide or something. Like treat, was it treated as a homicide? Well, no, doesn't sound like <laughs> it. Yeah, so. I mean, they were sense. all interviewed because it's like, what happened? This is a suspicious death or like, you know, but it already been, it'd been ruled an accident. So anyway, just a huge red flag. Like, why on earth are there no photos? So the security system, uh, remember how Jose said, oh, there are uh, there are video cameras back here. Uh-huh. Right. So uh, were those mysteriously what? turned off? <laughs> guess what? what? Yeah. So the, uh, the tapes were never they were. Neither cataloged as evidence, nor were they ever released. Unclear what happened here. Um, it's shady as hell. Basically, she was like, oh, there are none. They don't exist. Oops, whatever. So nobody knows, like, nobody addresses this. Nobody's like, mm. where the hell did these videos go? She's gone. Um, the police report's timeline is off, but at the same time, weirdly enough, that night was daylight savings. So at 2 a.m., like, the clock's kind of reset an hour. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of weirdness there as far as the timeline. Now... Tamla's family's attorney, a guy named Ralph Fernandez, commissioned a second independent autopsy. Um, and this is kind of like the end of the story, but I, I'm going to actually just read you um, read you this letter. It's it's a little bit long, but it like it packs a punch. This is okay. the letter that ugh, I have chills like before reading it. So this what? was written June 5th, 2020. And this is from the uh, this is from Tamla's family's lawyer. And he wrote this to Tamla's husband, Lee. <clears throat> Dear Leander, two weeks ago, we finished the exhaustive review of the records related to the investigation into the death of Tamla. 
Hopefully by Tuesday, I will have a more detailed analysis, but for today, however, I want to repeat some of what I told you. The review reflects that a homicide is a strong possibility. Witness statements are in conflict. A potential subject handled the body as well as the evidence prior to law enforcement arrival. Evidence was disposed of and no inquiry followed. The scene was not preserved. Evidence was improperly handled. A remarkable fact is that there were no photographs taken during the autopsy of Tamla's body. This had to have been done at someone's directive because such a practice is unheard of. Let us address one issue as a sample in reverse order from the above. It appears Tamla was involved in a struggle. There were abrasions consistent with that scenario. There were parallel scratches to one arm. Since they were fresh, photos would not have proven, sorry, photos would not have proven recent use of defensive force, but having no photos inures to our detriment. There was one x-ray, yet the injury noted as the cause of death appears nowhere. Getting the records has been another monumental task, to say the least. I could go on, and I will, in a few days. Forsyth County Sheriff's Office employees have been the subject of much criticism. The case against the case agent was a close friend of the subject who turned out to be the leak of the ongoing investigation. So that was Jose who had uh-huh. gone and like leaked all this information. Sure. The town of Cumming has a history which raises eyebrows. After conducting my extensive review, I've come to the conclusion that the truth never had a chance here. Let me conclude by telling you that my years of experience led me to believe that 80% of cases where African-Americans die under mysterious circumstances end up closed or cold because there are no videos and the only witnesses are bad guys or good guys that deep down are really bad. Then you have cases where law enforcement does a poor job and cares little to investigate thoroughly because of some connection or association to the perpetrators. Take the Ahmad Arbery slaying recently. Without the video surfacing in the media, there would never have been an arrest in that cozy relationship between the perpetrators, prosecutors, and the investigators. A rookie lawyer that gets a video in a wrongful death case where a stopped car is rear-ended by a speeding semi will win each time. A video of someone walking up to a bank teller, face uncovered, and firing a gun point-blank will most certainly lead to conviction. But those facts are not what we are dealing with here. Here we are fighting an uphill battle because those who wear the badges and were entrusted with the investigatory task failed you. But this is not over. It will never be over. Be safe. Be strong. We will get to the bottom of this. Sincerely, Ralph E. Fernandez. That's really sad. So this was last month as we're recording this. So June. Uh, And basically he was like. Saying be strong. Like, sorry. Like. Well, he was like, something is up and we will figure this out because, I mean, it had been closed February of 2019. And now last month he's saying we've conducted a second autopsy and something is very wrong. Well, yeah, he listed all the things of like, like there should be photos. The second autopsy. It shows signs of a struggle. I mean, yeah, the fact that the second autopsy literally showed signs of a struggle and defensive wounds is like that alone is compelling, you know? Yeah. So uh, last little bit here is that due in part to the murder, obviously, like the of Ahmad Arbery and like couple, everything else that has been going on this right. summer, there's been a renewed interest in Tamla's case, as I mentioned earlier. Um, supporters of the Horsford family point out like uh, an incredibly uh, poignant uh, point, for lack of a better word, that had a white woman died suspiciously at a party with all black people, this would have been just like a mega sensational story. Right. right? Like, I mean, you can even only imagine so a change.org petition to reopen Tamla's case received over 500,000 signatures. And as of June 12th, 2020, so again, like really recently, yeah, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation has agreed to reopen and investigate Tamla Horsford's death, which it takes a lot for them to go back and reopen a case like this. So this is very exciting that we are going to hopefully get some more answers, fingers crossed, but it's obviously very new and recent and fresh. So only time will tell. Wow. But in the meantime, that is the crazy story of Tamla Horsford. The end.
Wow. And it's still definitely a mystery. So hope, hopefully we get some answers. So hopefully yeah. for her family too and her kids. Yeah. And it did Five go, kids. that did go viral. That picture of yeah. her on the couch. It's and chilling. It's chilling because everyone actually genuinely looks so happy to be together. They were having a great time. And it's like, they, there's this big photo of all these women at the slumber party. And then they're like, Hey, guess who in this photo died right. that night? And guess who didn't get a proper investigation? Right. Yep. Yeah. So anyway. In That's an sad. arguably very historically racist area. In like the worst. I don't want to say today, but just as, ask Oprah. Yeah. Just talk to Oprah. <laughs> get her on the phone. Can I you. actually call Oprah and tell her I want to talk to Oprah? Someone get me on the phone with Oprah. I've got a lot of things I want to say. Eva, to her. God, how have you not gotten us on the phone with Oprah? Eva, get us Oprah. <laughs> Get Oprah on the line. Get Oprah please. on the phone. We need her immediately. Anyway, that's the story. Thank you for listening. I know this was a long episode, so I apologize, but um, it's quite a tale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and if we haven't done our live show yet, please go uh, buy your tickets for that and also submit your stories to ATWWD uh, from our couches.com or at gmail.com. Yep. And then if you also, maybe this came out after the live show, in which case, um, please just send your normal stories to what we have our website and that's why we drink.com where you can submit your personal stories for listener episodes. Yeah. And we will see you next week. And that's why <laughs> we drink. Why do we do that? That's like a <laughs> recent development, isn't it? Baby. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>